There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. You're listening to another Big Buck Breakdown from the Element Podcast. What's going on, all my woods people? Casey and I are just uh, spending a couple, couple hours here warming up in the middle of the day. It has been freezing cold, and we are in Kansas right now, which means... That, uh, what'd you say yesterday? There ain't nothing but a skinny steer between here and Alberta. That's right, dude. That <laughs> it. It's been so cold in the mornings. The afternoons are pretty warm, honestly. It's uh, it's kind of crazy, the uh, variance of temperatures from the night to the morning up here. I mean, that we saw 13 degrees heading to the stand this morning, and it's going to make it to probably 60 today. Really? It's uh, 55 out there right now, I think. <sighs> wow. It might not, might not quite make it 60, but either way, it's uh, pretty warm for an afternoon. Yeah. But uh, the deer seem to be moving more in the afternoons than they do in the morning. At least that was my perception. But you kind of had a different perception this morning. Yeah. Last night was still uh, better movement yeah. than this morning. I saw a ton of deer last night. Yeah. Which, that was kind of the consensus here in, uh, with all the guys here in camp. And it's, uh, I don't know, I'm hoping that we get the same movement, same type of movement, you know, this afternoon that we did. Uh, yesterday afternoon just because of how many deer were moving um you know we had a we almost we i, I thought we were gonna kill a buck this morning yeah but, i thought you were too yeah that's yeah. what i thought that's what i was saying is like i yeah. thought you and i were gonna stalk in on that buck and kill him this well, morning, we stalked in on close enough to kill some does his it's just does he wasn't there, there. It, i don't know where he went man but it's crazy yeah um, kansas yeah. is a lot of fun man it's it it's cool just to be in a place where there's a lot of deer yeah and uh uh, like you were saying, uh, we've been up here a lot this year, and uh, dude, the rut was pretty wild. Yeah, it's, it seems so long ago, but it was like 
crazy how many deer we saw. Yeah, we had a we had a really good um, early November, which that series is now releasing video wise on YouTube, little by little. So make sure you go check that out. The first video is already out. I'm hoping uh, that by the time you listen to this, the second video will also be out. But uh, if not, just make sure you're subscribed and you'll see that come out. Um, but it has been pretty tough, man. I. I felt like until this morning, I've been up here almost a week, and I felt like until this morning, I was not. I, I couldn't even put together a, a full video with yeah. what I've experienced. What's interesting is that uh, <clears throat> until this morning, you hadn't been really to this property. I, I guess until last night that we hunted this morning. Yeah. You know, it's like it's weird how I'm not saying you made a mistake, but how like you kind of get in the groove of like you're going to try and make it happen at this one spot, and then like you end up going somewhere different and. Oh, there's deer over here, you mm-hmm. know, and it's and you just kind of it's good because you kind of get that fresh breath of you know like ah man we can make this thing happen this is yeah. gonna be cool. Actually, and, I, the one of the place I hunted before this was I've seen a ton of deer just no bucks yeah and the buck I was hunting over there we think got shot this morning yeah. and killed so we hope we, we hope know he got finding. shot for <laughs> yeah. sure yeah yeah uh, one of the other guys at camp uh, drew has uh, placed an arrow in that buck, and uh, I think they are trying to do a little blood trailing right now, but uh, I think they're probably, I don't know. Based off of phone calls and, and texts that we've yeah. got, I'm not sure what's going on, but I don't think they've found it yet. No, I think they're they're still trying. And they, they just by the text I saw a while ago was three words, but it sounds like they might be uh, kind of laying off. Yeah, you like know he's what I mean? still alive. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah. hopefully uh, that deer can get put down pretty quick or he expires pretty soon we can go for a recovery but uh yeah you know i've been um kind of looking forward to this trip because it's the, kind of the last big push uh to get it done in kansas and um i came up here with a really good i think good game plan right off the get-go and but it's going to take a little while to develop so uh we had we've got some permission places some public places i'm going to do a little hunting on both of those uh, you've been doing a little hunting on both of those already, mm-hmm. but uh, we kind of did almost, <laughs> this is kind of funny, weird way to say it, but it's almost like the TV personality way of doing stuff. Like you show up and put out some cameras and see what's there, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. but that's kind of what we did. Uh, or I guess yesterday around lunchtime, um, went and put out uh, two, corn in two different places and put cameras on them uh, and... Um, kind of going to let it sit for a couple days and see what shows up and and assess where to go to try to – because, like, right now, kind of need a buck quick, you know. Like, yeah, it's good to, like, just do observation sits and figure out where they're at or sit in the truck in the morning and glass them up. But uh, the trail camera thing is going to be pretty key for these last couple hunts here. And uh, we've got an Exodus Trek hanging over one of these piles of, of corn over here. And I really like that camera for doing this because um, we're in places where you've got really people mm, using properties a lot. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a good chance that a trail camera ends up missing. And one of the really nice things about Exodus trail cameras is you can put the security code mm-hmm. on them and it pretty much locks them down where that camera's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's like not usable by yeah. anyone else. You can't get ever. into it. Can't get into it. And it's, you can, on these treks, you have four, like a, a four digit number that you can use, like a pin number or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, it keeps it, well, it doesn't mean it can't be stolen, but. Uh, at least it means it's not usable for somebody else. And with it being an Exodus camera, Exodus has that, uh, like, 
replacement thing yeah. where the, what is it like fifty percent of the cost of the camera if it's stolen they'll replace that yeah, I think that's you know, they'll, right. they'll yeah. match your money on it or something I can't yeah. remember but pretty good deal because five year warranty yeah five year warranty we're always getting cameras stolen uh, yeah on public well, and I think that I think that if a, you know, a person's probably going to open that camera up in the woods and instead of just grabbing it mm-hmm. and they're going to look at it for a second well when you open that camera up and you see that there's a security code and you can't you just put zero 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 in yeah. and it work, then the chances of you actually stealing the camera I think are a lot more slim. And it stinks because they might steal that card. Mm-hmm. They likely will. Yeah. <laughs> but uh because if they were checking it they might be on the camera. Mm-hmm. They probably will stand, steal that card. But um and that's kind of the, like we were talking about earlier. It's it's more inva- it's more valuable to have that information sometimes than it is to have the the camera. But at least you don't get both sides of it stolen. You yeah, know, you're exactly. not losing a hundred or hundred fifty bucks worth of camera mm-hmm. and an SD card. And that's another reason I like those tricks a lot. It's because they're a, a fairly reasonably priced camera mm-hmm. that take really good pictures. They do. I know you've always bragged about the exposure of those cameras, and uh, I'm with you on it. Man. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, they do a real good job, especially in video mode, of adjusting quickly. Like, it yeah. comes on. You can tell the whole camera is, like, booting up and coming on at the same time and adjusting exposure, and it's, like, mm-hmm. within a split second, you're there. I man. think one thing about these cameras on, on picture mode with the exposure that I like is that they switch over to black and white a little bit earlier than most cameras do. Mm. So instead of getting, like, a really grainy color image, you just get a really crisp black and white image, which... We all know what colored white tails are, so right. I don't think it's like not really that essential to get a <laughs> yeah. a color photo, right? Yeah, so it's much you're better. Brian Broderick and you're shooting pie ball. Yeah, you know, exactly. Oh, which you man. can still probably tell from black and white. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that that is true. But uh, yeah. Um, anyways, uh, I guess we'll just throw it in here now. Like big thanks to Exodus for kind of helping helping us uh, bring these big buck breakdowns to you this season. Yeah. Um, speaking of the big buck breakdown. Uh, our guy, our guy, finally made it, dude. We were a little bit worried. Yeah, yeah, we were, because I mean, we we knew he was going to, and then he had some issues with some deer hunting yeah. this, this year and and shooting and that kind of thing, and some things going wrong, and he was able to finally. We're rooting for him the whole time, and it and it happened. Our our man Sam Hogan, who I believe this makes him the longest tenured. Uh, well, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but uh, annually, most often, most often, <laughs> yeah, uh, BBB featured guy every year, every right? year it was since we've been doing it, and every time we do BBB with him, uh, I think we kill something, yeah. right? The next day or something, right? Yeah, well, we killed Nameless after we did a BBB with him. I yeah, know, and I don't true. remember what happened last and then, year. And then, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say it happened. Yeah. Uh, so that he's means good we, luck. He's going to kill something today. He's good luck. Well, that's I, th- I think it's going to happen. Yeah, good. I mean, that buck that we chased this morning that we thought was in there and wasn't, he's probably going to come by it's my in tree the general stand area. today. And Actually, I might not even hunt that tree stand because we're looking at a different wind than what they were I know. Predicting. We got a lot of stuff to figure out. We yeah. might need to do some mapping here in a second. So why don't we just get Sam on? Let's do it, man. All right, now on the phone, we have one of our correspondents, Sam Hogan. <laughs> What's going on, dude? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing all right. Oh, dude, it's going. You know, we've been, yeah. I've been freezing all day. KC uh, got spooked by a deer, which usually you're spooking deer, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he got spooked Did by a deer. Did he blow at it? What happened? No, <laughs> it was one of those situations where I'm kind of on a bluff where a stand is, you know, the same high, eye level height as deer sometimes are. 
And uh, yeah. I turned around, and there was a spy kid like eight yards away looking at me in the face. <laughs> it was a little bit spooky. <laughs> but that's all that really happened for me. But uh, I can attest to the spookiness of that situation because I did that with two does a few days back, <laughs> and it was scary. So, Is it, like, spooky, or is it, like, holy cow, how to get that close without me knowing? Um, it's spooky. It's spooky. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's now, like you must just have a... some weird deer down there. I don't know that I've ever... I've had that situation happen to me plenty of times, but I've never been like, man, that was scary. <laughs> like, they, they got weird <laughs> eyes a, here, dude. There's a phenomenon where, like, if you're a little bit cold, and then a deer surprises you, it's like... Suddenly, you were shaking uncontrollably. <laughs> Even when it's not a deer you want to shoot, it's just like, oh, there's a deer, you know? And it's just like, yeah. and uh, it was definitely a little bit cold tonight, which you know all about that. We, I know we're preaching to the choir on, on the cold <coughs> thing, but you know what? For us, the people that say y'all and draw things out a little bit, like, it's cold, Sam. Yeah. It's cold, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can I can try to do that, y'all. <laughs> That's pretty natural. I that like was it. pretty good, man. <laughs> that, that, that pause really killed it. The pause, the pause killed it. Anymore. I'm sorry. I like the attempt. We can restart though. this podcast if you want. <laughs> That's okay, man. That's all good. It's um, it's good to to have you on and see that just contradiction or that contrast, I guess, in in uh, who we are and who you are, and you can just tell that like. Uh, hunting is kind of a universal thing that can bring people together still. Uh, and then also just knowing that you're just like, you're just the man, dude. Like you just, <laughs> you just kill things, dude. Like somehow. And, uh, you've had a, this year was making me nervous. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. You've had a, uh, roller coaster of a season. I think the last time that we talked to you on the podcast, you told the most epic story of the year in all across all social media or all media outlets <laughs> in the outdoor industry. And we were lucky to have you on to tell that. But since then, kind of tell us what's happened. And then and, and more recently, you've had some success, right? <clears throat> yeah, got a, got a little bit of lucky, uh, lucky breaks. Um, I guess following up from the last time we talked, we were, I was planning on doing the camping uh, island hunt where you, mm-hmm. you get dropped off on an island and uh, have seven days to do what we can basically yeah and uh is that uh time, was that part of the naked and afraid show or what is that exactly are you, are you oh you're talking about it, hunting okay it, it could have been but <laughs> that would it would would have lightened the pack for sure a lot less clothes yeah, yeah. but uh but yeah no sorry sorry <laughs> if, man. if that was the case we never would have i mean you think it's cold then or you think it's cold down there november on an island <laughs> getting the breezes from Lake Michigan, mm. uh, naked. Mm. No, that, that, <laughs> no, sir. no, that sir. wouldn't go well. No, no, I wouldn't I would, be here talking on the phone right I'd now. I'd walk to say. Texas from the <laughs> island. <laughs> anyway, sorry about but, that. Uh, <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Yeah. So that ended up completely falling apart due to transportation issues. Basically we got, uh, we got the tag. We, which isn't hard to obtain, Apparently, what's hard to obtain is a way to get to the island. So that uh, that kind of fell apart. And rather than uh, my buddy and I doing that, we saw some opportunity in some northern Michigan uh, public land. And uh, it was the last week of October, and we figured, you know, this is that. That's honestly probably my favorite time to hunt. Mm. It's not like all out rut fest, <laughs> but there's deer starting to cruise, and it's just. It's the hype. Mm-hmm. Everything's uh, 
and it's not just like hype from me. It's hype from deer. They're all like ready to go. Mm-hmm. The bucks are, bucks are starting to cruise. Does aren't in asterisk yet, but it's it's getting close, and they know it. And uh, you time a tail end of October with a cold front, and things start happening. And mm-hmm. uh, that was kind of what we had, and we went up there, and I actually had a pretty rough hunt and uh, wounded a rather large whitetail and mm. northern michigan is not known for large whitetail so um had a couple other uh encounters that ended negatively all to say uh <clears throat> december 4 uh, i still had not shot a buck in michigan which for me once december rolls around bucks generally are not that visible like if i go out hunting right now which i have been i'm pretty much dead set on filling a doe tag i don't uh i haven't had positive experiences hunting december for bucks in michigan Mm -hmm. um so it was kind of a bleak spot to be for me to be honest it was like man first year in like four years that i won't have killed a buck and first year in three that i won't have a big buck breakdown so december (laughs) 5 was a good day (laughs) but uh it was, it was very, very lucky. It was uh, get out of work, and I have an hour and probably an hour and a half left. And for me, I think the key to success is just time. Like, mm-hmm. just if I have an hour and a half, I'm going to sit for an hour and a half. Like, if I've got, like, an hour, I'm going to get to my spot as quick as possible, go run in and gets it up and see what happens. And, and more often, not more often than not, but oftentimes that's, uh, that's kind of when things happen when like, you don't really expect them to happen. Mm-hmm. So I went in and I went to a piece of private that quite a lot of people hunt and quite a lot of people who don't, um, have, well, I'm sure they have desires to kill big bucks, but they shoot every buck. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of one of those properties that you might describe it as like your typical Michigan deer hunting property where it's a lot of deer die. There's a lot of deer there, but as far as growing anything halfway decent, um, and I don't, I don't even like saying that I kind of threw up in my mouth a little saying growing deer, but uh, (laughs) seeing deer, seeing deer that are like halfway decent, uh, it just doesn't happen much there. Mm -hmm. Um, especially this late in the season, it's like, yeah, that's the odds of seeing a three and a half year old or better marching through this, uh, swampy piece in like post rod are not very high, but I had an hour and a half and that place was close and I was going to go see what happened. So there's a, basically one side of the swamp, uh, gets hunted a lot and the other side there's a small wood lot that butts up to like a subdivision and a school and the subdivision has about four and a half acres of undeveloped property that i have permission through uh, somebody on the actual subdivision board to go hunt and i'm sure they gave me permission with uh zero idea that i would actually go hunt there but (laughs) i do so it was actually the second time i'd gone back there and i knew that the deer were cruising that side of the swamp to avoid the uh, slaughter fest that was occurring on the opposite side Mm -hmm. so i had a halfway decent wind i had no time 
so I pretty much booked it across the, the swamp and got set up and I, I didn't set up in a tree stand. I just found a gnarly Oak, um, in between two trails and just kind of knelt next to that. And normally kneeling on the ground does not work for me because I get the nastiest Charlie horses and I end up like sprawled out on the ground <laughs> writhing in pain. But this one was a short enough sit that I figured I'd just, uh, I'd make it, make it work. And, uh, literally at last light, I had had nothing come through. And, uh, at last light I see a deer and given the season I had had with, uh, unrecovered deer and, and misses, I was like, you know what? That's a, I put that at at least a two and a half year old, just body size. Like it was getting dark enough to the point where it was hard to see antlers and mm-hmm. it was in some brush. So looking at the body, I'm like, that's a buck. He's cruising for some strange reason still. Um, and I can make out like at least a halfway decent eight point side. So I draw, he steps out, I shoot and I don't know what happened, but my arrow flew really funny. And I'm not sure if it being on the ground, I deflected on, uh, it deflected off a branch or something. It's hard to tell, especially in that uh, low light situation, but the arrow kicked real weird. And, uh, I hit the buck, but the arrow just flew way too strange for me to be confident. And I knew the shot was going to be back. Um, so immediately I'm like, all right, not going after this deer right now. So I called a couple buddies and, uh, basically said, I think this deer is dead, but I'm going to give him time. I walked to the arrow and the arrow was, didn't smell like guts necessarily, but it was real dark. Mm-hmm. So it was like definitely a liver. I was pretty sure if I got liver, I got guts, but I was also very confident that it was going to be dead if we gave him time. Um, this deer also ran directly towards backyards and a school. So <laughs> yeah. tracking was going to be fascinating. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? Maybe it's better if I wait for these people to go to bed mm-hmm. and <laughs> then go back there. So I uh, I gave them actually five hours and my buddy drove half an hour to help me track, which was awesome because just the nerve wracking experiences of sneaking through backyards and oh, yeah. not actually backyards, but like, butting right up to backyards, like 50 yards from their houses, mm-hmm. um, is nerve wracking. So having somebody else do the same nerve wracking thing with you makes it better. Um, but we were snuck back out there at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. We gave them four or five hours and we were just going to take the blood trail really, really slowly. Um, the reason I even went out again that night was because I did not want somebody to wake up the next morning before I got there and find a buck dead in their backyard yeah, or yeah. somebody go to school and see a dead deer in the courtyard or wherever it made it to, mm-hmm. um, the middle of the soccer field. I don't know. Um, <laughs> basically I, I couldn't leave this deer and I, it's one of those things that you don't, I mean, you kind of think about it, but you don't think about it until you're in the situation where you're tracking a deer. Um, you, you just kind of think, okay, I'll, if I make a good shot, he'll go a hundred yards and pile up right there and we'll be just fine. But obviously that did not occur in this situation. And I was kind of in a pickle where I felt like I just had to keep, had to go after him before, before it got light. Right. So we were sneaking in uh, dark, 
dark red blood. We never bumped him that we could see, like never, never got to like hear him run away, but we were also bumping all kinds of deer in there. So it got real, real chaotic. We didn't even have a bow, um, just because of where we were mm-hmm. sneaking through, uh, backyards. And at one point this deer left the, uh, the woodlot and his blood trail, cause he was bleeding pretty good. His blood trail went directly into a backyard and we're looking like there's snow on the ground and we're looking to see if, uh, we can see him like bedded or laying down up there or piled up up by the house and all of a sudden this guy walks in the backyard and he's like shining his flashlight on the ground like we just assumed that he he was tracking the deer but it (laughs) immediately sends us into this like holy cow he's in the subdivision we're gonna have to go like find him before somebody else does so we uh we back out we go into the subdivision we just start walking roads and we're looking for (laughs) for blood trails that cross the road to see if we can't pick him up on the other side. And, uh, ultimately we determined he did not cross that road. So we go back into the woods, we keep tracking, we bump him a couple times into the school, back out of the school. And then finally he crosses this main road. And at this point it's about two in the morning and, uh, he crosses a main road. And at this point I know it's not in a subdivision, and it's not at the school, so I'm backing out. So we knew we were bumping it because we'd find some beds. And uh, at that point, I was finally confident enough that we would be able to get permission or at least go and uh, go and try to get permission or figure out a way to go get this buck. But I wasn't as worried about leaving it until morning. So we went home at about 2, got back up. We actually opted to go to work. Um <laughs> And we got back out there at like three. So we both left work a little bit early and wanted to go check on it because we didn't want to get there because we knew it was on private. We found one bed on the other side of the road right along a creek. And if we were to get out there before work, it would have been at like 730 in the morning. And we didn't want to wake up a landowner asking to go track a deer in Mm -hmm. uh, a pretty, pretty, uh, I don't want to say urban, but in not a rural area, mm-hmm. suburban. We'll go with suburban. Sure. And uh, we get back out there at three, and we three in the afternoon. And this deer, where it was bedded the last time we bumped it, it was bedded right along this creek. And on the other side of the creek was a private drive. And me and actually two of my buddies this time wanted to come out and uh, see what was going on, so they came with me. We pile into the minivan, which is a great hunting vehicle, <laughs> and drive down this uh, private drive, which clearly, by the looks we were getting from everybody there, not many people just drive down that road. It does not happen often. In a minivan. Uh, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that says free candy. And, and, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not white, and there are windows, but yeah, it sure raised some suspicion. Yeah. Uh, but we... we uh, we started driving down there. Also noteworthy is three o'clock is when the school gets out. So very <laughs> oh. poor timing. Uh, kids walking everywhere. And we're like, Oh boy, here we go. Uh, we're driving down this road. And I asked the guys, cause they're on the side of the vehicle that can see better. We're on the other side of the Creek. I'm driving. So I'm like, guys, look in this woods. I doubt he made it a hundred yards. 
once we stopped pushing them. Mm-hmm. Like, we knew we were pushing this deer. We knew he was hurt bad. Um, we just had to keep pushing them. So I said, he's going to be within 100 yards. And they didn't see him. So I turned around. I go to drive back out. And maybe 60 yards from where we last saw him, or where we last saw a bed, he was piled up. Um, and I could see him from the van just on cloud nine because naturally you don't sleep much after a night like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think every hunter or most hunters have been through it. It's just kind of a miserable feeling. This, uh, this buck died on the other side of the Creek. So it was probably 25 yards off the road, which was also 25 yards from a little kid bus stop. Um, <laughs> which it is comical to think about a bunch of parents and kids standing there that morning wondering yeah. what that smell is. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and and there being a buck like 20 yards away. But the clearly nobody knew it was there <laughs> and I opted to go to the the landowner. I pulled up Onyx, got the landowner's info, um knocked on the door, nobody answered. I was spamming their ring they had one of those ring doorbells Mm -hmm. which i'm pretty sure go to your phone so i was thinking like maybe if i click it enough times they will get sick of the notification (laughs) Um, it didn't work either Uh and uh i was like you know what he's and then i was thinking like the creek i hear this from my fisherman buddies who say like creek are public access once you're in the creek you can like move your body I guess it's free. I, I I don't know how to explain it, but it's, I'm just glad it's a creek and not a crick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oh, man, I'm I'm messing up the first rule. Uh, it's a, it's a crick, y'all. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> and, no, and uh, <laughs> it's got some real steep banks. I've figured it's public access. I'm gonna just drop down into this, pull like climb the other side, and it's it's right there. Just I mean, lasso him. Not far. Well, he was close enough. I didn't even have to lasso him. All right. If I like, if I, he was bedded right on like the six foot bank of the creek, creek, and he died right there. <laughs> so like, I I just got up there and I grabbed him and I pulled him into the, the uh, man. This is gonna mess me up for the rest of the story. I'll call it a creek. What do you naturally call it? I, I naturally call it a creek. Okay, me too. Oh. Yeah. I thought you were saying that. No, no we were I'm, just jabbing fun about most people uh, north of here call it crick. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, that's oh, what you have in your no, neck that's not is a, a crick. <laughs> that's not a word. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you call, like, the shingles on the top of your house? A roof. Okay. With long Some oak. people call that a rough. I, I know. don't get it. That's what, that's what <laughs> dogs say. Exactly. Yeah. But, man, we're, we're on the same page. I, I know. like the... The, the few pronunciation things that the Michigan guys and the Texas guys might agree on. How about that, man? That's something else. So you pull this thing, you, you reach up like uh, Austin Powers, I would think, and uh, pull your buck into the creek real quick, and uh, yeah. nobody knows it. Well, people were starting to take notice at this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we had a very, very nice little old lady, completely perplexed at how somebody was hunting here, um, thinking that we were hunting like her front yard, presumably. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I explained that we had tracked it from across on the other side of the school, on the other side of the subdivision. And 
She was she was nice, but just very confused. Yeah. She's like, how did you end up here? Where were you hunting? Like, <laughs> very innocently curious. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't uh, she wasn't trying to cause a scene or uh, get me in any sort of trouble, but she was very um, confused. Clearly, that is not something that ha- happens recently on that private drive. Sure. Yeah. Or, uh, often. So as soon as I got up to him, I looked down. I'm like, I have no idea what deer this is. But it's way better than I thought it was. <laughs> like it, it, it's not your standard two-year-old eight um, that I thought it could have been. I just knew it was better. It was at least that big, probably better. Mm-hmm. So I, I was kind of prepared for like the smallest buck possible. Um, so I, I got up to him. I'm dragging him in. I drug him down and was dragging him up the other side and my buddies are like, holy cow, that is a big deer. Like, it took all three of us to get him out of that creek after uh, after I got him down in there. So we loaded him up, got him processed. Um, well, got him, got him gutted when we got back to the property, not on the side of the private drive. So we just, we got out of there as soon as we could. Um, and it turns out that I was going back through trail camera pictures that my buddy sent me, and it is the biggest buck that we have pictures of on the property, and it had disappeared completely since July. Wow. We have one picture of him in July. He's eating and, out of uh, people's backyards, bird feeders. That's, that's probably exactly where he was. Cause Man. I hadn't spent hardly any time hunting on that side, um, and I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was just cruising through backyards, bird feeders. Uh, there's, there's a ton of does not necessarily on the property that gets hunted a lot because they're all dead, but mm-hmm. <laughs> the the neighboring properties have a lot of them. So I'm sure he didn't have to move very far to find, find a hot doe. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, it, it doesn't surprise me that we didn't see him for that long, but it very much surprised me that I was able to wrap my, my tag around him that, uh, it's just odd to see a deer that big come out of the woodwork late in the season on after a season that, that I felt I was, uh, I was, I was not getting lucky (laughs) for not going my way. Man. So it just ended up being a, uh, it was a backwards way to get there, but it was an out, a very, very positive outcome. Man, that's two things. How do you always have some incredible story, and how do you always kill big bucks and bulls? <laughs> well, I need to I, hunt I with am, you, man. I am the most proud of every deer that I've ever killed, but like I wouldn't call them like they're not monsters. <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're man uh, for where you hunt, they're solid. Yeah, dude, yeah, they're, they're yeah. good. I'm absolutely pumped. I don't know how old this deer is, um, but the body on them in July was huge. It was a little run down post rut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's always hard to, to look at the body of, of those deer and know exactly what they are. Yeah. Or what they were. Um, judging by trail camera picture, I'd imagine that he'd have to be, I don't know, 30% lighter. I mean, he, he wow. just dropped oh, wow. a lot of weight. It's hard he for them to have this process those sunflower seeds i think they don't they, they don't go through very good the cardinals like them, <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> well it's weird because you'd think that like ag field deer would be huge yeah like deer that are just living in ag fields and there's no ag fields anywhere near this thing mm-hmm. i don't know like 
maybe maybe somebody had some had some minerals or something in their uh, in their bird feeder. I don't know, but <laughs> something something got him big early in yeah. the summer. He was a he looked like a cow. Mm. I remember like seeing that trail camera picture and being like, "That is a black Angus whitetail." <laughs> I hope he tastes uh, like it. Know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but he's big. Yeah, but yeah, when I when I got my hands on him, it took. I mean, it's not a small deer by any stretch, but it was not. It was not the big burly whitetail that we had pictures of, for sure. Mm, yeah. Well, after you dressed him, uh, did you get any more confirmation on what what was up with the shot and um, maybe what caused the arrow issue or anything? Yeah. So the shot was actually better than I thought. Yeah. So the uh, the knock, my I was shooting lighted knocks, and the knock I think kicked out. So he was walking left to right, and my knock kicked left and naturally where that knock goes is where you presume the broadhead is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because it kicked out to the left, I saw the knock go left and it looked farther back than what it was. My entry was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently he was slightly more quartered to me than I thought. So it took out lungs and guts or lungs, liver and guts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the exit was probably like second to last rid back. Hmm. So kind of pretty, pretty center mass. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like, it wasn't like hind quarter back, but Mm -hmm. it was, it was back enough where you messed up some nasty stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah sure well at least it was fatal and uh you got to recover him pretty quick man he's a stud and just like tyler said it seems like every year we can rely on you it took to december this year so we're a little <laughs> disappointed but you still got your big boat breakdown done for the year yeah, yeah. i did i did yeah. you guys put me on the spot i don't know if it was august or, or earlier but you guys before uh before deer season you were you were getting pretty hyped and uh, talking about big buck breakdowns you were going to be doing in the future. And I don't remember which one of you said it, but it was, Oh, we're for, like, who do you think is going to be doing it? And like, <laughs> I was, I was thrown in the mix with some very, very esteemed names. And obviously that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> and, and, and there's like all the pressure I had put on myself is like quadrupled. Because uh, now they're expecting it. Ah, no, man, man, just well wishes. It's not expectations. It's just we know you're going to get it done, man. Positivity is what kills. No, I, I know it. I know it. Yeah. I, Unless you're me, because I'm a very positive person. And I have not killed a buck yet this year. So there's that. But otherwise. there. I, I honestly, I know we've talked about, I think we've talked about this off air. Um, but I think there's a lot to it. Just the positivity. Yeah. Yeah. Standpoint. And oh. what I wanted to mention I'm pretty sure every single podcast we've talked about me being like the the lucky chip. Yeah, like you talk to me and you go kill a big ten point. That's what mm. happened two years ago for sure. Yes. I'm not sure about the other ones. I don't know if this can be correlation, but me and Tyler definitely talked, and then he got it done in Iowa. So mm, really? I'm just saying. Mm. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, hot dog. The night before, Sam was like, I had well, Sam was pretty much the like key to my. My uh, inspiration was he? that night, yeah. I'm going to text Sam every day from here on out. He called out. me. I think <laughs> I think he called me. Or one way or another, we ended up on the phone. 
And he was like, I don't know. He was just like, she could tell that I was down. And he was just like, was like, dude, you got this. You know what you're doing kind of thing. Just a little bro pump? Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like <laughs> I, a super hot fest or anything. full football coach on you. <laughs> like, I, I was going to be upset if you left Iowa. <laughs> yeah, but and you, you didn't show that. And you were talking about it. I'm like, dude, don't. <laughs> it was he, he was yeah. i was emotionally invested in that hunt and i've never i've never hunted iowa dude i hope but, i didn't let you down because i didn't shoot the big old giant that uh everybody goes to iowa for but i did shoot a nice buck but he's just you know he wasn't uh he wasn't probably what we hyped it up to be on the on the podcast or something i hope at least we didn't overhype no, it no that was a that was a good deer when you were when you I think I called you the next day when you snapchatted me or like texted me a picture of like <laughs> yeah. a belly or a, yeah. I think it was a belly. Yeah. And it I wasn't was like, mine either. It wasn't my belly. <laughs> Just so y'all know. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, I guess a white belly could be either too. Uh, <laughs> a, a twenty yard uh piled up deer. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That. That's a good that's a good one. Uh, yeah. That that just led into the hype fest, but yeah. but yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully this brings Casey some luck tomorrow. I'm hey, hoping. I actually hope it, it brings me luck. Not yeah. Casey, <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> this guy done killed three deer this year. He wants more. I need another one. But no. maybe we'll both kill, and it'll just make up for everything. That's, That's what what's going to happen. Yep. That that'd be pretty pretty epic. Yep. yep. Well, we appreciate you telling the story, man. I'm I'm glad that you got it done. I'm I'm uh, even more glad that you were able to recover that deer and. And uh, the coyotes didn't eat him, and you put it on YouTube and get raged. So that's I'm glad that that, that went your way, man. So uh, hey, I appreciate it, and uh, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, sure dude. thing, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Alrighty. Sam's always got something crazy that happens. I know, dude. Like, He's one of those guys that uh, I don't know how you say. It. Like, not that crazy follows him, but like. He's going to get in a situation. Yeah. And it's not going to be bad or, like, sketchy or whatever, but he's just one of those guys that things happen to that make for good stories. Yeah, yeah. I kind of have always wondered about the whole, like, subdivision deer deer tracking yeah, thing, you know? for real, man. Uh, because they're uh, – not that we have a whole lot of subdivisions where we're at that have good deer hunting, but there's a few. And then across the U.S., especially out east, I think there's a lot of urban deer hunting mm-hmm. that, that happens and – and so that's interesting. I think that other some other states. Um, let me rephrase this: where we come from, you either have people who are all about hunting, or you have people that are kind of anti-hunting. Yeah. And I think that some, you know, in Texas, we're real proud of being rednecks or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, whatever people want to call it. But that's that that is the the really the case. I think that some of these, especially more northern states, they'll. Uh, everybody goes out and gets their deer and gun season thing, like runs pretty deep so that you have even people that are like old cat ladies kind of understand that people are going to shoot deer, you know? So like, they're just a little bit more cool with it than like what maybe, you know, Dallas suburbia mom might be yeah. sometimes, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. I don't know. That, that might be just my perception. It yeah. might not be the case. Old cat lady, huh? Yeah. Old cat lady. Yeah. Those are... Those are fun people. Speaking of cat ladies, <laughs> so uh, rings are a new, a cool thing now. Not like a ring for your finger, but like ring the doorbell. Worm. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking you. about? Yeah. It has a camera on it. Yeah, Sam talked about that, didn't he? Oh, he did yeah. in, that, in the podcast. Yeah. yeah. So I'm on this page on Facebook that's like Native Texas Wildlife or something. 
And somebody was like, I had no idea I had all this wildlife in my yard in North Houston. And they're like recording it from their ring. And they're like, there's like raccoons and possums. And then what is this one? It's a tomcat. <laughs> they thought it was something like Black Panther. Black Panther yeah, or something, of course, man. Of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. We saw we saw a good uh, trail camera picture recently, a series of trail camera pictures from local to us that <laughs> was about the most Black Panther looking black tomcat that you could imagine. Yeah, imagine was, Black Panther but shrink it five times. And but that's like it was weird because the perspective, somehow the camera's on like a really short tree or something, mm-hmm. and it made that, that cat, the picture... Like and there was like small trees in the background or something that looked like they could have been big trees. Yeah, and so it made this this cat look way bigger. Yeah, and man, there were some people hype about <laughs> it, dude. Dude, people love a good uh, uh, cryptozoologic uh, episode <laughs> on trail cameras. Believe me. Yeah. But uh, speaking of that kind of thing, um, we may have filmed some black panthers out at my property one point in time this season. Yeah, we definitely. Did. Um, so y'all be sure and. Subscribe to the YouTube channel yep. because that stuff will be coming out. Uh, you've got the Kansas videos rolling out right now. We talked yep. a little bit about that earlier, but y'all be sure and subscribe to that. The rut time in Kansas, early November stuff was just absolutely crazy. I, yeah. I actually am enjoying going back and rewatching them right now because I just I've had a tough year for killing as far as killing goes personally, and I kind of get down in the dumps and I get to thinking negatively, and then I go back and look and see how good of a season that you and I have actually had just with encounters and having fun and seeing cool stuff in the woods. That's really one of the nice things about filming your hunts, man. It's like, it's, it's cool to be able to share that stuff with people, but it's also cool just to be, go back and look at the memories, you know? Dude, like, like about a month and a half to two months later, after I release a series, I go back and watch it and I'm Mm -hmm. like, golly, that was fun, man. Yeah. Like I went back and watched Nebraska, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago maybe. And I was like remembering you know, all the things that happened and everything. And what's crazy is, like, the hunt was tough. I think we talked about how it was not really super fun because of all the bugs and the mm-hmm. heat and everything, and the, at least the way I did it. And um, But, like, I've forgotten about how much of that stuff, you know, like, was not cool and more just looked at all the cool stuff that happened as, like, man, that was a fun trip. I want, I can't wait to go back. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know if I can or can't. You know, like, I can't wait to go back, but then when I think about, when I actually think about it, I'm like, man, there was a lot of mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> it was nasty. But, I mean. There are three things in this world Tyler does not like to run up on the woods. Mm. Number one being a snake. snake. Number two being a skunk. Skeeter. And number three skunk. being a skeeter. <laughs> <laughs> is that the order? Snake, skeeters, and skunks. Yeah. Which is... Snakes, skunks, and skeeters. I don't really like to get too close proximity with any of those animals either. No, so they're not. With you. They're not cool. Skunks are, are uh, weird, man. Yeah, what's worse about skunks is they come out at night. And yeah. when are you walking in and out of your tree stand? At night. You ever... I, I didn't watch The Joker. Did you watch it? Mm. Yeah. Um, but the, the commercials I've seen, that's the way a skunk acts. They have, like oh, the really? Joker. You know, they just like flail around and like do weird things all of a sudden. And it's like, you're, like you don't know if he's cocked and ready to go or if he's just like flirting with a lady friend somewhere. You yeah. know, it's like Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, exactly. So skunks weird me out big time, man. Because you never, they're just unpredictable. Um, you know what a skeeter and a snake's about to do? They about to strike. Um, 
<laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, go go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check it out. Uh, feel free to give us a supportful supporting comments at any moment on any video. <laughs> we'll, we'll take them. That's right. Positivity is uh, a great, invaluable, and precious thing. It is, man. And, and you know what? You don't even have to be an expert to do that. That's right. Did you know that? Yeah. You In fact, you don't even have to act like an expert at all on YouTube ever. You don't. You don't. Yeah. You don't have to do it on a podcast either. That's right. We so, try not to because we're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, I'm going to hope to shoot a deer like the one that's on TV right now <laughs> tonight. And uh, with that said, man, it's it's uh, it's getting you know towards the end of December. Christmas is going to happen soon. Uh, we might not even have a podcast before Christmas uh, main show. Will we? Yeah, I don't guess yeah. so. So Merry Christmas, Merry everybody. Christmas to you guys, and, and uh, make sure and spend time with the family and stuff like that. But man, if you can get out and and uh, do a little deer hunting, man, it's a fun time of year. You kind of have the woods to yourself. Things get quiet, and you know people bundle up, and stay inside, and that kind of thing, and don't do a whole lot of yard work sometimes when it's cold. So it can make for, uh, in my opinion, in my experience, a, a pretty just peaceful and fun evening. Sometimes when you. Just, bundle up and don't get after it too hard you just kind of like oh if they come out i'm gonna shoot one if they don't i'm just gonna have a good evening watching things happening in the woods you know so um i don't know it's it, it, like casey said earlier deer there's still deer in the woods that's right you know so <laughs> and even if you don't shoot a deer um in the next couple weeks there are some fun things that can start happening soon like hog hunting and fishing for us people maybe up north are more ice fishing that kind of thing oh nasty uh, it'll start warming up in a, in a couple months here for us and and really bass fishing starts to kick up so it's an exciting time of year man with with the holidays and everything i'm just excited to finally uh kind of relax and hang out with my family because i've been hunting so much and and uh sounds like a terrible problem i know but <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely excited about it so yeah with that said, Casey and I have got to make plans for the night. Um, I'm getting down to the wire here in Kansas, and I've, I've done it before, but it's not feeling too promising right now. So we, uh, we will have to see. Y'all wish me luck. And remember, this is your element. Living it. In the river, and that's why they call it the rain. thicker than water it's why she moves so slow when you look down upon her well i can see a cross and it still looks the same it's a rain hey we're gonna take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries now if you're like me enjoying the great outdoors you need gear that is as reliable as it gets that's why i power my adventures with interstate batteries I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today. Hey, guys, turkey season is in full swing right now, and if you are planning on getting after it, Make sure to pick up some Meat Eater Phelps turkey calls to stuff into the old turkey vest or into your fanny pack right now. I carry a few different things. I like to use mouth calls, and I like to use pot calls. Mouth calls or diaphragms, I like them because it gives you hand-free calling, meaning when you're working a bird up close, you can have your gun on your knee, finger on the trigger, ready to roll, and still be making 
turkey sounds. I like pot calls. So I just like pot calls. I enjoy calling with a pot call. Whatever direction you go, including a box call, which I don't personally use too much, but they're fun and great, and I started out with them. Yanni, on the other hand, one of my main turkey hunting buddies, he loves box calls. And what's funny is I'll now and then look to him and give him the look that means get out your box call and find us a turkey. So it's not that I don't like him. I just have Yanni use his. Then I don't have to carry it. Go to Phelps Game Calls. Get calls that are made in the USA and get calls that'll get them close. Find yours at phelpsgamecalls.com today.